welcome to American Dreams, a podcast about the British royal family. I'm Caitlin. I'm Jenna. And we're here once more to talk about the British royals with you all. Indeed. Um, it's it's the last week in July. And so it's kind of the last week before everyone goes on summer vacation. And some of them even have started a little earlier than I would have liked. I know. We'll talk more about that <laughs> later. Maybe maybe they're just taking their vacation now and they'll they'll come back in full force. Uh, I hope so because I am I am watching the clock and I know <laughs> I must be entertained twenty four seven and these British people taking their holidays or just Europeans in general who are like I'm going to take the month of August off. I'm like right. Who are or you? Like, How can I have your like, life? Or like when they're like let's just enjoy the ski season. I'm like yeah what? what? <laughs> I want to enjoy the ski season. I want to sit in a chalet. Like, so I was um, reading, I'm like reading a Jane Austen book about, or just like a, like a his, historical book. And I've always, and they're talking about how she like set her books. And one of the things I talk about is like um, the sense of time in her books. And so I finally learned like what Michaelmas is, you know, like Michaelmas? they always talk about Michaelmas. <gasps> oh, they always okay, talk yes. about it I've in the books. I've seen this before. Okay. Yes. I've seen this before. And I was like, what the hell is Michaelmas? And so then I realized it's like a, it's a saint's day. Um, that was, it's September 29th, pretty much. And so then I said that, I was like, oh, I finally figured out what Michaelmas was. And then my husband's like, yeah, that's like the, there's the Michaelmas vacations, like in England, like people just like get a week off because it's Michaelmas, which like, what, what even is it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what it was until, <laughs> until like, Again, like two days ago, I just had read about it in like Jane Austen books and other right. historical stuff. But I guess that's still a thing. But again, it's like, why all these holidays? I want them. Right. I mean, we need to really, what like what weeks would we get off in the U.S.? Like, I don't even know. Like President's Week, since we love our President's Day, but yet still have but to so, work. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I we just don't know. have, like, we wouldn't, I don't know, really have a saint no, we wouldn't have a saint. But I guess it's like Labor Day and Memorial Day. Like, I mean, yeah, every three months is like sense. what it would be. And those are the fun ones because it's like nice enough weather. Right. Most places where you could go out and enjoy yourself. But I don't know. Anyway, British people in their holidays. Sorry. Well, if so, we oh. ran things in the world, we would have Michael. Yeah. <laughs> we would have all of the, the days. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for now, we've still got a few... Um, pieces of royals news to cover people are still out and about a lot of amusing things are happening yeah there's um it's it's nothing no major events really but just kind Mm -hmm. of some of the more typical engagements and um fun little jaunts around england yeah so we'll get started um we haven't checked in with charles and camilla in a while uh so we figured we'd talk a little bit about them up top first um public service announcement for everyone who is in England or going to England before September 30th, uh, Buckingham Palace is now open for summer visitors. So in connection with this holiday season, um, when the Queen is not in residence at Buckingham Palace, they open uh, certain rooms up to tourists. I mean, you, you pay to go in there, but you can actually go and look at the pretty paintings and the, the rooms you've seen on TV. And um, in connection with this is, they always have a, uh, like an exhibition, so a themed thing. So a 
the one I'm really sad I missed was they did an exhibition of uh, Kate Middleton's wedding dress. And when I was there, they actually did all of the Queen's famous dresses, including her wedding dress and her coronation gown, which was really cool. But this year, in honor of Prince Charles's upcoming 70th birthday, they've called this the hashtag Prince and Patron exhibition. Um, And he's put together a collection of over 100 pieces of art that he personally chose. And it you, you can walk through the rooms and then they will have these pieces of art that are part of the royal collection or are otherwise tied to the British royal family's history or the history of the UK. And you can see, you know, what Prince Charles thinks is important art you should know about. I so that. I think that would be fun. If mm-hmm. I were there, I'd probably go again because it's, you know, you can always go and pretend you're fancy. Well, right. It, that's all. I think I, I think I would love to see this exhibit because, I mean, I feel like especially if you are someone who just kind of ha- is just the heir to the throne and we know that he likes to do watercolor and really when he likes something, he's really, really, really into it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably a well-curated collection. And it's not just paintings. It's also, I saw one promotional or like photo of when he and Camilla toured the exhibition and there's like a... I don't know, I would describe it, it looked like a gazebo kind of, and it was celebrating the uh, oh. work of this uh, man who I believe was uh, originally from Afghanistan but moved to the UK and was like a an amazing wood carver and did just beautiful wood carving. So it's a lot of like features like that, not just paintings, though mm-hmm. there are, of course, paintings Yes, as well. What else are you supposed to put on your walls, just stacked on top on top of each other? Yeah, like the Johnstone Museum. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The man who turned heart hoarding into a literal art form. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's fun. If you're in England, I'm jealous, and you should go check that out. Um, in additional news, uh, Charles and Camilla have kind of been touring around um, parts of England, specifically Cornwall, since he is the... Is it the Duke? Yeah, he's the Duke of Cornwall, right? Yeah. Yeah. I fe- I, I'm so... That's okay. Yeah. There are a lot of things Oh, my gosh. There's so many titles. Prince of Wales, so many... Duke of Cornwall. Right. Yeah, because he's the Duchy of Cornwall. Like, he, his, like, realm is the Duchy of Cornwall, so that must be it. Right. And yes, because, Cam- duh, Camilla is the Duchess of Cornwall. Of Cornwall. Wow. Yeah. I've really worked it out. Okay. Sorry, everyone. You did it. Sometimes you it's just been a long talk day. it out. We're recording kind of later than usual, so I'm just going to blame that. Um, But they've been going uh, around and and doing events. And one fun uh, stop they made was a visit to Osborne House, which is on the Isle of Wight. And that is where some fun photographs were released of Camilla um, meeting with Dame Judi Dench, the famous British actress. And they enjoyed an ice cream cone together. So, um, apparently, Dame Judi Dench is the patron of the house. And Osborne House was built for Queen Victoria and Prince Albert to have kind of like a private vacation home. And it was where, when Judi played Queen Victoria recently in the movie Victoria and Abdul, they filmed. And so she has been made the patron of the house. And it was kind of a natural event for her to attend so they could... um, I don't know. They did they did a number of things, just touring around the house and showing because it's now open to the public. It's not, 
you know, no longer a private holiday place for Queen Victoria to get wheeled into the sea in a tent. Yeah. Google that if you're interested. <laughs> it's fun. Um, but also, it, what was interesting about this is apparently Britain's going through quite a bit of a heat wave right now. And, you know, I was like, is this a real heat wave or is this uh, like a British one just because Britain usually doesn't get as hot as certain parts of the United States. So sometimes it'll be like heat wave and it'll be like 80 degrees Fahrenheit, which, you know, I'm not saying that's not bad. And certainly for if you don't happen to have air conditioning or, you know, kind of the normal capacity to deal with that stuff. But apparently it's going to be 96 degrees Fahrenheit tomorrow in London, which I can't even imagine. Sorry about that. Global warming sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Ugh, that's hot. Ugh, I can't even imagine trying to like take the tube or just yeah. get around. Hopefully everyone can stay cool, but... Hopefully people will just stay inside and quickly move where they need to go. Yeah. Back but, to the um, air conditioning. Or I guess they don't even really have air conditioning. It doesn't usually get that hot. Well, right. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, you know, I'm sitting here comfortably. It's like 80 degrees outside here or something like that. And I'm sitting here comfortably in my like air conditioned apartment. So... It's kind of like, yeah, if I didn't have air conditioning, which I didn't really a couple summers ago, it was, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do like, um, again, they, they got ice cream and that led to some great um, tabloid headlines. Yeah. So I'm going to read one from the Daily Mail uh, and just talking about, in general, it talks about like the, the effect that the heat has had on England. It says, Britain's in meltdown. And then there's a photo of them enjoying ice cream. It says, but at least Vanilla Camilla and Dame Judy keep their cool, which A plus headline writing. Vanilla Camilla, which what? (laughs) I don't know. But um, they they seem to be having a a good time together. So that looked fun. Um, And then today, when we're recording, it is (laughs) July 25th. Prince Charles spent 15 minutes of his day today counting butterflies. Now, Caitlin, why would he? Why would he do that? Was he just you know, just because he has fifteen minutes? Uh, no, the the real reason is because there was there was a, an event called the Big Butterfly Count, and it was uh, according to the group that puts this on is they want people to go out in their environment and count how many butterflies, certain types of butterflies, because mm-hmm. there's apparently be, beyond just like at least in the U.S., the monarch is like the only butterfly I know. Yeah, there are other ones, but I couldn't tell you their names. Yeah. Like, I would recognize them, but... Yeah, right. Like, I've seen other ones, but I only know what, like, the name Monarch is. Anyways, you're supposed to know the types of these butterflies, and then you go to their website, the Big Butterfly Account website, and you say how many there are, and they're using this information um, because they believe that the amount of butterflies that you see in an environment can tell you kind of how things are going and how, yeah, and how, like, the ecosystem is working and... If there's not enough, there might be an, an, an issue. I think that makes sense. I think it's yeah. similar to like bees and other insects that are, you know, kind of required to keep our crops flourishing and our flower gardens blooming and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, you want them to be around. Also, butterflies are pretty. They are. Though I'm trying to figure out the logistics of how one could count butterflies because I would, I would be really hard pressed to tell one from another. Right. I'd so, like, if it I flew away, count. yeah, I don't know. They must. I'm sure that there's some great scientific minds who have like a control va- variable for that in their 
like analysis because if you're getting untrained non-entomologists to do your data collection, I mean, they've got to at least have a higher um, margin of error oh, or for something sure. on it. I'm sure they've sorted that out and have some sort of equation. But uh, Prince Charles, he obviously had a beautiful place to count his butterflies in his own high grove garden. And uh, yes, he, he, he spent 15 minutes of his day, which seems like quite a lot of time. So it shows you how committed he is. And then he submitted his results to the website. So yeah, if you live in the UK, you need to count your butterflies and submit them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> Because I did not count any, but I also don't live in the UK, so no. <laughs> so again, they don't want our data. They don't want us signing up for their royals. Right. Can I go things. there and like throw it off and be like, I saw five hundred of this. I saw. Yeah, what are those giant blue ones that are in the for- rainforest? And I only know oh. because of the computer game, the Amazon Trail. Those are beautiful. Yes, because it's like the one that flies, like yeah, and they're like, throughout. ooh, it's yeah, big. it's like you could always catch it. Yeah. Um, oh my god. I can't tell you what it's called. But <laughs> I can totally see it though. Oh god. I know. And the anyway. tiger. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> but but yeah, just go and say like, I saw sixty of these. No, they would. I think they would. They would say that we yeah. we were lying, yeah, and they would remove us. us from their data set. Indeed. Ah, but uh, yeah, a, a fun story for what Prince Charles was up to today. Um, but yeah, we will move on to our the Cambridges now, who have been a little quiet since, obviously, the baptism, the christening. And uh, kind of the two big things is one, Prince George turned five on um, July 22nd. And yeah, I can't believe it. And to mark it, thankfully, we did get a photo of that cutie uh, taken oh. by uh, Matt Porteous, who was the second photographer that um, took that really cute photo of Kate and Louis, where Louis's just like losing his shit, honestly. He's so happy. Um, probably not losing his shit, though. Maybe. He's a baby. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I might cut that part out. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so there was a cute photo. He has so many teeth. He's so old. I know. He does. I can't. Yeah. I can't even deal with it because it's like, it's kind of like when you see like your distant cousins. I mean, now you see people's pictures on Facebook all the time, but like mm-hmm. when you see someone's kid who you haven't seen in a while and you're like, oh my God, you're an, a tiny adult now. What happened? Yeah. He looks so grown up. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they, they released that photo and then also the Royal Mint released a five pound coin to celebrate, which features St. George slaying a dragon. So no picture of actual Prince George on this commemorative coin, but a St. George. So that's good. That's so badass. Yeah. I want a commemorative coin for my birthday. Right. And like, especially killing it, someone killing a dragon. That's yeah. so f- that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like um, and we don't know how George spent the day, but we might have an idea. It has not been confirmed, but uh, rumors are saying that the Cambridges are actually um, out in the Caribbean, Mustique to be specific. And uh, are they partying with Mick Jagger? I mean, sure. wouldn't you? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you maybe? choose to spend your fifth, fifth birthday <laughs> with Mick Jagger? I mean, honestly, it'd be probably pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but according to Hello Magazine, uh, Mystique is actually a no-fly zone. So that's very perfect for any type of celebrity who obviously wants to stay away from long lenses and cameras and 
and people flying over them as they're trying to drink their Mai Tais. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, at least Kate and Will are rumored also to have attended a party with Mick Jagger, which was apparently a uh, 50th anniversary party for the Island of Mystique and celebrating it being like the hot spot to go to like escape life or something. So, um, we, yeah, but we haven't seen any plane photos, so we don't know if it was the entire family, if the if Carol and um, Michael went, if Pippa went on a baby moon with James, if James the Marshmallow Man came. Yeah, James, no two, James, James the original. James the original. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, this is a place that they've gone in the past. Yes. Um, so it's not, you know, inconceivable that they'd go back and yeah. kind of take a break, especially since there's all the extra privacy protections for them there. Right. And yeah, and usually they've gone in January to Mystique because it's usually during over Carol's birthday. But right. since obviously Kate was pregnant, they were probably like, well, maybe we'll wait. Yeah, let's wait. Let's do baby's first international flight. Yeah. Yeah. What an international flight that is. I actually looked it up where it was like in. Cause yeah, like how far of, it is from England. Um, what's it? Yeah, because it's like part of St. Kitts. And okay. Like it's one of those islands. And yeah, I was just like, that is far away. I hope they had a private plane. Um, Probably. I know sometimes they fly commercial. Um, so yeah, so we'll see if we do it, get any photos of them getting on or off the plane or anything like that. I'm sure we'll see something if it comes in. And yeah, we don't know when we'll see the Cambridges next in an inofficial capacity, at least for Kate. We don't know when we'll see her. But yeah. um, we know William will be doing an event in France on August 8th. So we will see him. Yeah, that's another World War One anniversary um, commemoration. Mm-hmm. So we had a few, I, I mean, a handful, I'd say, of those last year as well, since yeah. you know we're barreling on towards those 100-year marks. Um, well, I'll switch over to the Sussexes, which is a hard thing to say. It is Sussexes. The Sussexes. The Sussexes. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Um, but we haven't had any uh, Megan sightings in the last week, but we have some interesting news about the couple. First of all, it's been reported that Harry and Megan have a new house and that it was a gift from the Queen. So the Daily Mail has reported that the Queen gifted the Duke and Duchess of Sussex a house that is in Windsor. So it's only, it's it's pretty close to Windsor Castle and also to where kind of they set up shop when they're not living in the castle itself. Um, it's called Adelaide Co- Cottage. And of course, as we've remarked in the past, like it's a cottage only in the sense that like British people call mansions cottages sometimes like rather than what we think of as cottages which are like one or two room like cabins kind of thing um but this is an interesting house it's it's got some history behind it it was originally built in 1831 as a retreat for william the fourth's wife who is queen adelaide hence its name and it's a little bit of intrigue in its history because it's been uh inhabited by people close to the royal's you know, over the years, including group Captain Townsend, who, if you're a fan of the crown, you know was mm-hmm. uh, Princess Margaret's Bay for a while. And um, its most recent inhabitant passed away, I believe, in 2016. And so 
or tw- maybe 2017. And so it has now been apparently gifted to Harry and Meghan. Um, I, uh, there's a, a group called Historic England, which is a heritage organization. And they had some fun facts about uh, some features in the house. Ooh, I love fun facts. Um, for example, it features a marble Greco-Egyptian fireplace, which I don't know what that is. But this is, as you I know, I just seen it. Mm-hmm. But you know that I I'm in the process. I just got bought a house and am and fixing it up. And I really am going to take inspiration from this next point. Apparently, okay. the main bedroom, this is a quote, in the generously sized cottage boasts a uh, covered a uh, uh, coved ceiling with gilded dolphins and rope ornament from a 19th century royal yacht. So wow. I need to make sure I have gilded dolphins on my ceiling. I think so. I can see, you know, I'm just seeing this and I'm like, this is exactly where Meghan Markle is going to live. Yeah. I mean, it's just really understated. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not at all ostentatious. Nothing weird or kind of like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> just some, you know, really basic gold-plated dolphins swimming around They're- your ceiling. Oh, God. They were probably like, oh God, you know, we have all these things from that royal yacht. I mean, waste not, want not. Let's just put them in this this room. Queen Adelaide must have loved dolphins. I mean, yeah. who doesn't love dolphins? But, um, yeah, I think it's, I just really, really like that. And I don't, yeah. I couldn't find any pictures. I didn't do a very thorough Google search. But let us know if you find photos of, or if any, there are any photos of this ceiling out there. Because, yeah. again, I want to replicate it in my own private home at this point (laughs) um but in more serious um royals news and and more official news um harry appeared solo uh in the netherlands this week for the international aids conference that was held in amsterdam and so obviously a lot of harry's charitable work has been focused on aids charities and so he was there for this um event uh, that was spanned two days. So on the first day, he met with um, Centibel, Centibel, Centibel. Oh my gosh! Again, I'm sorry. Centibel, like youth lead advocates, and uh, those are people who work to help their peers living with HIV overcome stigma and discrimination. So Centibel is a charity that Harry actually formed um, in partnership with. Uh, Prince Siso of Lesotho in 2006. So that's where Harry spent his gap year in 2004. And Prince Siso is the younger brother of the king of Lesotho. So he and Harry as the second in line, or I don't know, Harry's not technically the second in line right now, but you know what I mean, like the mm-hmm. younger brother of the monarch or the future monarch um, partnered up to start this really important organization. And Harry also managed to um, have these um, Let Youth Lead advocates talk about um, the role of mental health support in their work and how it's important to make sure that in addition to um, you know more traditional physical health and, and having support from uh, doctors and family and, and everyone else on that side, it's really important for um, young people who have HIV or AIDS to have their mental health as a priority as well. So it was a really good way that he tied together two of his causes. Um, The second day, he was joined by Sir Elton John and Nadaba Mandela 
to launch the MenStar Coalition, which is a new kind of effort aimed at reducing HIV um, transmission by targeting um, specifically diagnoses and treatment of HIV infections in men. And so they were talking about how a lot of the statistics and a lot of the efforts on prevention and treatment have been focused on women and the the efforts focused on men have not been as successful. And so they're trying to um, kind of rally uh, rally up a charge to to really try to impact those numbers as well. And so they've got about $1 billion. I don't know how long they have to spend it, but that will be $1 billion in funding to expand the diagnoses and treatment of HIV infections in men. So um, it's a really interesting new initiative and a, a good way to hopefully tackle this problem. Um, and then just as a, oh, well, w- one one more quick thing on Centibale. So apparently we, uh, we learned that Harry in June of this year made a private visit to Lesotho to visit the Centibale projects. And this was announced on Kensington Palace's Instagram, and there's a really, really cute photo of Harry with a little girl who has apparently stolen his sunglasses. Not really stolen them, but she's wearing his sunglasses, and he's grinning, and it's just really cute. So mm-hmm. just, again, public service announcement, Prince Harry, cute child, do with that what you want. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, but also in adorable news is that um, Harry met up with some of the Invictus participants from the Netherlands, including um, a service dog who he had met before, who is very enthusiastic about seeing him again. And so there's an, a cute short video of a, looks like a chocolate lab, being like, hey friend, would you like to pet me? So fun all around and, and just a short visit to mainland Europe there. Um, finally, like I said, there's no real Megan sightings, but um, I just saw this article in Tatler, which introduces us to Megan's team. And this is the tagline. It's called From Royal Aides to Facialists, Introducing the Team of Professionals Helping the New Duchess Settle into Royal Life. So obviously I had to read that. And it just goes through the people who kind of make up her her glam squad and also her like kind of PR team and her like man I don't know her personal assistant kind of role and so obviously we see some familiar faces but we also learn more about kind of the you know not Jessica Mulrooney who we've we've saw at the um at the wedding and you know with, whose children were in the wedding and everything but mm-hmm. we also got to learn more about who's acting as her private secretary and more about her makeup artist and her hairstylist. And apparently um, the makeup artist shared that he got a text from Megan. He had been working with her before um, the whole royal relationship happened. And he got a text from her asking what he was doing May 19th. And he said, oh, I'm probably in Cannes, France, but I what, why, what's up? And she just texted him back the bride and groom emoji. And so he was like, ah, and so dropped everything, of course, to go do that. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously, oh, and then we also learned that she apparently found her hairstylist through a recommendation from Amal Clooney. Because, you know, if you're moving to London and you need to get your beautiful chestnut hair, 
you know, tended to, then who do you call? I don't know, your close personal friend, human rights lawyer, Amal Clooney. Because why not? Duh. Well, I mean, her hair is exquisite. So I know, exactly. I, mean, I would call them all. Go. Yeah. <laughs> like, can I have like a travel size of like her shampoo or something? Just I know. One just day so I, I can know how it feels to not use like $6 shampoo. I know I could use more expensive shampoo. No. I mean, I use pretty, I don't use the, the I use, you know, not the $6 shampoo, but not like what they do. <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah, I just kind of want to know. Right. I just want to know what's the right things. I just don't want to waste my time and money trying to figure it out. I just want to know. Well, and I know it's it totally matters, like, your different hair type and, you yeah. know, like, how thick your hair is, what its texture is, and the length. And there's so many different things to, to go into consideration. So what's right for them wouldn't necessarily be right for me. But I kind of just want to just, just wanna test know. it. You just want to know if maybe, yeah, maybe it's for you, too. Maybe. I don't know. I just want to, maybe I just want to know what it smells like. Is that creepy? That's creepy. All right. That's moving on. Yeah. (laughs) But um, (laughs) check out that that article uh, in Tatler. um, And you can learn a little bit more about the people who have been helping Megan transition into life as a duchess. It also talks about her facialists, which, you know, again, sign me up for that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I'm sure we'll see them more, especially once, uh, Megan starts going on tours and all of that. They'll have to slug all of her stuff around. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we will move on to the Yorks. I know this has worked out perfectly. We kind of started with like the Waleses and then the Cambridges, the Sussexes, even though the Sussexes, oh, I can't say that word either. <laughs> and the Cambridges are technically Waleses. I know. It's so confusing. But now we're on to the Yorks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And so we are going to talk about, yeah, Princess Eugenie is getting married in October. And uh, if you live in the UK or at least have a valid UK address, you can apply to attend at least outside her wedding. So just like uh, Meghan and Harry had members of the public able to um, kind of greet them and guests Mm -hmm. as they uh, went into St. George's, since uh, Eugenie and her fiance will also be getting married at the same uh, chapel. Um, people can apply. So they are having about 1,200 people, it sounds like. And some of them will be from some of the charities that Eugenie has worked with um, yeah. in the past. But they're also opening it up to anybody um, over the age of five. Fun. So, yeah. Which so we unfortunately checked into it. And again, you, you said, as you said, you need a valid UK address. Yeah. So and we are really close. Ex- yeah, because at first I was like, is it going to work? And then I was like, oh, my God, it's working. It's working. But I saw county and then i knew that it wasn't going to it's like in harry potter we we thought we got over the age line to put our names in the goblet of fire and yet we did not dumbledore was too smart for us (laughs) (sighs) i'm sorry i'm looking at my harry potter bookshelf right now but like seriously it's like come on man like we just want to go it's like do we not deserve to go like i'm not asking to attend I knew that it was such a long shot to be able to go to, like, Megan or Harry. Like, I, we talked about it. Like, we need to start doing, like, our good works and starting, like, some sort of nonprofit so that yeah. when the other, when the, the babies get married, mm-hmm. we will at least be somewhat worthy. Yeah. But so I thought, I thought we had a shot here. Jenna, Caitlin, what inspired you to start this amazing life-changing foundation that has, you know, saved millions of lives or yeah. impacted millions of lives? We really wanted to get invited to a royal wedding. 
And so we worked backwards from that. <laughs> I think that's a good soundbite for our future interview so. of us. <laughs> Terrible people make life-changing things for every people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter if it helps people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Who cares right. what our motives are as long as it right. actually impacts things, right? Exactly. No, exactly. <sighs> so anyways, uh, if you have a UK address, you should apply. You can also, you have to apply with all the people who are going to attend with you though. So you can't just be like, I'm bringing like a friend. You have to be like, this is their name too. Um, and I think you can do up to five people. Uh, so I'm going to still do it. I'm going to put it in a fake address and just see what happens. I'm sure yeah. that they're going to mail. And if the letter gets mailed to somebody... I mean, at least it's exciting that, like, maybe I might, someone might tell me, maybe I'll put something in, like, the notes, so maybe they have a way to, like, contact me back, the person who gets my letter. Be like, oh, I'm studying abroad in America right now. Please right. forward to, yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, who knows? But, unfortunately, probably not going to get invited. Mm, <sighs> bummer. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, I call this next segment, uh, well called calm down jan and yeah. you're like who who's jan who's jan? that's what i thought when i saw your notes i was like who the hell's jan what does jan need so, to calm down about yeah and then so i, I saw it and yeah. i was like yeah jan calm down yeah so jan upmore and is a writer for the daily mail and she wrote a not so very nice article about princess eugenie and her upcoming nuptials um, and it's quite long, so if you want to go take a look at, at it, I'll put it on our link tree on our Instagram, uh, but you can also obviously Google it. And But the gist was pretty much that Princess Eugenie does not deserve a um, any of the pomp and circumstance of a royal wedding because she's not important enough, because she's only ninth in line for the throne, and that she's trying to, like, um, she's, she's trying to steal the spotlight and just copy Meghan and Harry's day and... Um, she, she hasn't contributed in any way to society, or at least as a member of the British royal family. And so she doesn't deserve to have this event and the public should not be involved in it anyway. Um, so it was not, it was very mean. And Jan was very, yeah, Jan needed to calm down, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we like, so I can, you know, I come to expect like, I, uh, I'll be honest, I did not read this. I was not going to give this lady the hate clicks that she wanted. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I, I understand there are a lot of people out there who have problems with the royal family as an institution. And I definitely respect it because a lot of times they have very good reasons for, you know, kind of mistrusting the whole history of it. And that it's something that I, as an American, kind of am removed from. So... I don't get it as much. But it doesn't seem like that's this person. It's like she's trying to draw a line between Harry and, like, I mean, between, yeah, like, the the different grandchildren of the queen. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's not like she's saying none of them should have this. She's saying, like, here's where the line gets drawn. And it's kind of like, Jan, how come you get to decide that? Like, right. It's so weird. And it's just, like, I I don't know. Yeah. Of course, people love a royal wedding, and so, yes. or at least we do. Yeah. And it's not, I, think, I don't get it. Yeah, I just, I was just kind of like, first of all, this is not your day, Jan. No, it's not Jan. So, so go away. And second of all, I think it's really nice of her to, or at least Eugenie and um, 
Thomas to actually open it up. I mean, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't love a royal wedding? And she's one of the queen's grandchildren. I consider that still a really important person and member. And I get that there's, you know, there's been rumors that, you know, Charles is going to really slim down the monarchy and really cut out the Yorks when he's, you know, eventually ascends the throne and whatnot. But at least she's trying to use her, her image for more than just going to fashion shows. You know what I mean? Like, she is really, I think, eventually, I think she's going to kind of try to at least do something with her with her with her title and everything. Like, she can't just stop being a princess. No, I know. Maybe. And that's kind of why it's unfair. Because, you know, a lot of this, like, saying she hasn't contributed to British society, a lot of that is, one, she's been, she's pretty young. So, like... Mm-hmm. And two, it's not like she, you know, like Harry went into the army and stuff, but like that's not necessarily the only path. She, she was, you know, doing other things, getting her education. Right. And she, then like, like she works at a gallery. She has a job. I mean, whether I can't sit here and go, yeah, she works 40 hours a week, but yeah, we don't know that. But like also, it's not like sh- she really had the say over whether she participated in more formal events or not. Like, mm-hmm. she was a kid for most of that. And then also, like, you know, there's all this drama around who gets to do what, who gets to show up on the balcony. And there's a lot of, like, you know, issue like drama between her parents. So, like, apparently, you know, Prince Philip hates Fergie. And so... Like, it hasn't been easy for her. It's not like she's just, like, sitting on a couch all day eating bonbons instead of, like, Mm -hmm. out serving the people. Her, like, not doing as much as what this person thinks she should have been doing is probably, you know, one, it's an unreasonable expectation, and two, it's because, like, it's just out of her hands. She can't, Mm -hmm. she's not the queen. Right. You know, she's, she can't really just, like, say that she's going places. Like she kind of has to listen to other people, mm-hmm. but she's I think done a really good job um, in the you know areas she's been able to carve out for herself. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's not like she's saying like I want to throw a massive party for all twelve hundred of my best friends and no you know recognition of you know anyone who's done anything good for the country. Like they're kind of following the same template that Harry and Meghan did because I think it was really successful. It was a way yeah. to bring like the more, you know, the non-royal British uh, people who've b- done great things for their country, like give them a, a fun day to oh, attend. Totally. And yeah, I don't know. Like how just like how fun it is it just to see a princess get married, go in a carriage ride, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I think, yeah. And Eugenie deserves it. She's a freaking princess. She deserves a princess wedding. We are she all does. princesses she, do you on know our how wedding much- days. Again, she do you know how much bull crap she's had to put up with over the years just because of, you know, who she is and again her parents and all the drama there. Like yeah. this poor girl, like she does not need the comparisons to Harry and Meghan. It's not like Harry and Meghan are the only people who got married at this church. Right. And <laughs> so that's the other thing. It's like, oh, was Harry copying his own dad by marrying a divorcee in St. George? Like who cares? Stop it. Mm-hmm. It's a church. Lots of families use the same church to get married in, you know, especially when it's like their like hometown church, so to speak. And it's the one that's logistically the easiest to get married in because you don't have to shut down an entire major city for a whole day. Exactly. I mean, Windsor is not not a tiny city, but like where, you know, there's a lot more infrastructure in place to for us built up around the castle and around the chapel itself. You don't have to like 
yeah, close down regularly used public roads for right. it. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So Jan needs to calm down. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, we will now move on to our, our, our segment that we have not done in a while. And we're so sorry. But we're going to catch you guys up because Fergie's photos. Fergie's, Fergie's had photos. Something, Fergie had something to say about people, Jan, being a jerk to her daughter. I mean, to to be fair, she reposted, like, she did a double repost of, like, she reposted someone else's reaction to a, another person's reaction. Yes. So, um... But it she, says a lot, so... Yes, go ahead. but the picture uh, that she, posts, she posted today um, was from Sarah Wade, who um, runs, who is the CEO of a foundation that Fergie is um, a patron of, and she just pretty much said the same thing, kind of some similar sentiments that we just said as far as, like, it wasn't very nice to say this about Prince Eugenie and what's your deal, Jan? Yeah, but more eloquent than us. Like, yes. you know, written by like a very thoughtful person who knows, you know, like kind of probably has much more context for this right. um, than much we do. Saying, Clearly, Jan, you don't know these people like I do. And so Fergie reposted the letter that um, Sarah had submitted and sent to the Daily Mail. And then um, Sarah Ferguson Fergie then just said, yeah, it's, it's, why was she bullying my daughter? Pretty much. So, yeah. And again, it's like, I get it. You're, they're public figures and they're kind of up for criticism, but like, this was kind of out of left field. Yeah. Again, because especially, I just still can't get over the fact that like, this is not a person who's saying that they're like anti royal in general. They're just like, this is, this is the one who doesn't get to have the princess wedding. Without right. it, without her like copying her cousin, and it's like what I don't, I just don't get it. Yeah, there's not that many royal children to get married. Like there really is a line, and I don't think Eugenie is anywhere near that. Like you shouldn't have this. She's you literally suck. a princess. She's yeah. one of the people who gets to say she's a princess. Yeah, there's a handful of them. Let her get married in a pretty church, and let us watch it on television at an ungodly early hour. Yes. All we want. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, So, yeah. So uh, we will now do a review of what else Fergie's been up to on her Instagram. There's been some interesting things and uh, that she's been a little bit more prolific lately on Instagram. But uh, some highlights. I mean, I'm pulling up her uh, page now. Yeah. So uh, some highlights. Uh, The 4th of July to celebrate the kindness because she has talked about how she really likes the United States because they like have helped her uh, like kind of rebuild her life after she got divorced and mm-hmm. kind of was kind of um, exiled from the UK at least like just figuratively, like, figuratively. not literally right though and maybe said, literally we don't know yeah we don't know what kind but, of yeah thing. and she talked about how like Weight Watchers and becoming the face of that helped her you know obviously she's had money issues but at that point she did very well being the face of Weight Watchers and allowed her to yeah kind of figure out her life and start over again so she had a random bouquet of flowers and a picture just saying how much she really likes the united states and wished us a fourth of july happy fourth of july so thanks fergie i missed mm-hmm. that on the day and then this one goes back a little bit farther and i like have had this on the docket to talk about for months and i keep forgetting to add it to the notes so i'm excited we can now talk about it okay good. so if you follow fergie you might have noticed I think it was May 23rd was the first time is that she just like posted this random photo of a doll with red like red yarn hair like a raggedy Ann 
Kind yeah, of it's but it's a little bit longer than yeah, Raggedy Ann. It's definitely not a Raggedy Ann. And um, tagged it as the little red doll. And um, I was very confused because I was like, oh, I mean, she's had some kind of weird mom things. So I was just like, oh, maybe this, like, she likes this doll. Um, so I was just like, weird. But then there was more. I mean, this doll has also multiple outfits, like a cowboy outfit. And then on June 8th, we learned the doll was from born in Oklahoma. So I needed to know more about what this doll was, and so yeah. Also, this doll has its own Instagram. <laughs> it does at yes. Little Red Doll One, the number one. Yep. Hashtag Little Red. <laughs> yeah. And this is the on May twenty third. The caption reads: "Welcome to at Instagram at Little Red Doll One hashtag Little Red." Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. What could all this mean? Well, <laughs> I. As you guys may know, uh, Fergie is actually an accomplished children's like book writer. And so she has written multiple books. And one of her series is about this doll, the little red doll. Um, and yeah, this doll is um, apparently her alter ego. According to, I ended up on the weirdest website called Raggedy Ann. And it's about yarn dolls. So, and it's like an old Yahoo website. <laughs> Oh, like a GeoCities? Yeah, kind of like a GeoCities. And apparently it's her alter ego, but... Um, <laughs> and uh, she got the inspiration to write the books. She wrote these books in... She published the series in 2003 uh, because there is actually... This doll is actually a mascot for... And I can't... And that's the thing. I could not... I actually did a lot of research, guys, on this doll. Because I was so intrigued by why it just kept popping up in her Instagram. Um, but this doll at one point was the mascot for a group or a nonprofit called Challenges for Children. And it was apparently one of Fergie's charities that she might have been a patron of. When I go to look for it online, it shows up as a, as a charity for children in Haiti. But that's not what hers was for. It was for children in the United States. So um, I'm not sure what that means. But... Um, the reason why she got inspiration is because when, um, after 9-11, when they were clearing up the rubble at Ground Zero, people ended up finding a, one of these little red dolls. And um, she thought it was kind of beautiful that this doll survived and was a symbol for uh, survival and courage. And that's when she came up with the idea for the Little Red series. So um, I think she's bringing it back up around again. So... That was a long way of saying it. I think Sarah's writing another book. I would think so. You can buy your own Little Red Rag Doll okay. uh, for $100. Whoa! I didn't even look for that. That's on that website that you posted. I followed oh. the link. <laughs> um, you can also join the Little Red Collectors List. Ooh. Um, send a blank email message to littlered-subscribe at yahoogroups.com. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but uh, you can buy the books um, for about fifteen dollars a piece, and I think that that I'm I know exactly what I'm getting your daughter for her for her next birthday. Excellent, <sighs> she'll love them, right? I think so. I mean, she'll, I, she'll probably eat them. The, she'll yeah, probably chew like on these, them. And I forget what the other ones are called, but there's like a tea party set too oh, okay. about having like tea with the queen, and those are super cute. Yeah. So. Yeah, so she always has really talented illustrators with her with her writing. So I mean, they always look really beautiful and and very cute. There's a, always a similar style. So, let's see, 
<sighs> but yeah, Fergie has been busy. But those have been kind of the highlights so far that I've seen in the last couple She months. also, I mean, so I'll just add, she's yeah. posted several just random photos of B and uh, Eugenie just with captions, so proud of my daughter or so proud of my girls. I mean, so again, just peak mom. Just yep. being extra mom. And um, like, it's just, it is. And also the photos are, some of them are like the professional photos. And some of them are like really blurry and like yeah. clearly <laughs> zoomed in from her own iPhone. Oh, oh you're such a good mom, Fergie. Yeah. But I'm excited to see where, where Fergie's photos takes us next time. I think I think we're going to be going good places because apparently she is very involved in wedding planning. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to see some, some, like, looking for flowers or I just bought my mother of the bride dress. I mean, and she looked amazing at Harry and Meghan's wedding. Yes. So she's going to, you know, she's going to stroll into that church looking oh, yes. just like a character on Dallas or like Dynasty <laughs> and just be like with a dramatic big hat and be like hello thought you got rid of me huh guess what I'm marrying your son again as soon as the old man kicks it <laughs> she's anyway. preparing us she really is I think she honestly I mean like it's just kind of a fun well it's like an interesting story that like their romance has come back around mm-hmm. um I mean, this is not really confirmed, but I just do. I kind of am rooting for them. Oh, I am too. I think they're perfect I mean, for each other in a weird way. Here's what, yeah, I think so too. And I think that you cut to the point when you're old enough that you just you know everything about them, and you already know the weird crap, and you know their baggage, and you just want to have that companion in your life. So, yeah, and like they obviously, you know, they have their daughters in common. They both. From all appearances, you know, have been really great at co-parenting, even mm-hmm. you know when their marriage was kind of falling apart. And so I think that that's something that's kept them connected. And yeah, I don't know, but yeah, um, so. we'll probably have more Fergie's photos uh, updates as August goes on. Like we said, everyone's on vacation, so yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the news we have to bring you is Instagram photos, but but still important. Still important. We have uh, gotten several listener messages saying they do really appreciate Fergie's photos. So, oh, I'm glad. Well, yeah, I'm so, so glad. I, I, I'm happy you guys feel the same way that we do about um, Fergie because yeah, she, she is a treasure. She, she is. is. She's so she, fun. She's like again, and it's. I think I've said this before, but I just love how it's so clear she actually runs her own social media page. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously following Kensington Palace and Clarence House is great. Um, They have beautiful photos, um, you know, really informative captions, all of that jazz. But like sometimes you're like, oh, but this is this is a like a PR professional. Like this is a person who is like a Ph.D. in communications or like a master's in communications who's writing to me. It's not. Yeah, you know, Kate's not just pulling out her phone, just being like, I had the best day ever at the Whistle Factory. Right. Like, and um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing me back there. But like, you know, to. William tweeted recently, like his first, like, I think it's, I don't know. I don't know if it was the first, but it was the first I'd seen in a long time. And mm-hmm. it was in response to, you know, the England um, World Cup progress and stuff. And you could tell it was him. He did the thing where he signed it like, W at the end of the tweet so you could tell it was like him writing it mm-hmm. and it was like oh wow that's actually him talking and I get it I don't want to like make them 
they have a lot to do and they don't necessarily have the time to like operate a robust enough social media page to keep us hungry masses satisfied but like i do just really like how fergie is just like her authentic self on -hmm. this like she's she's the one posting it like i said it's just like any it's like a lot of moms out there who figured out think or think they've figured out this technology and they're gonna use it damn it Mm -hmm. yeah for sure well i mean you even think of megan and Mm -hmm. this is just a quick like i think what's made her a very relatable person is that she did have that kind of very social she had that social life before or at least she was on Instagram and she was very active and so you did get like a really good sense of who she was as a person yeah it was obviously even though she can't do it now yeah it was still pretty curated like oh absolutely you know but at the same time you still like got to know more about her and like she was very clearly the one making the decisions about what to post like she might have had somebody else take the photo mm-hmm. you know of her but it was it was like what we all wish we could do to, for our social media pages which is right. like have somebody who's an expert at lighting yes. and like take 50 pictures of us and then pick the best one but like mm-hmm. it was still more than sometimes we get when it's a clear like hired professional doing the yeah. work for you exactly yeah. but anyway if you uh have any ideas for Topics you'd like us to discuss during this summer vacation, um, or if you have any other feedback, you can get in touch with us. Um, we are contactable at email. We're americrowndreams at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram at americrowndreams, and we're on Twitter at americrowndream. And as always, we appreciate it when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or and or subscribe. And... We, we like hearing from you in all forms, so keep them coming. True that. But until next time, I think that's it for this week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.